would grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, Revelation chapter 4. You know what's nice about choosing all the hymns that we're going to sing? <laughs> I can gear them all toward my message, see? I, don't, I can cheat, that's what that is. When it's, when it's not... Uh, when it's not you preaching and you have no idea, you have to work harder. You know, you got to really, really get into it. You know, Lord, what, what's he going to preach on? Can you, can you help me line it up? Can you make it, when you're, when you're the one preaching, it's a lot easier um, to, <laughs> to figure out, well, I know at least what vein I'm supposed to be in. Lord, which ones you want out of here? And uh, so uh, you say, what do we do? We sang a lot of praise tonight. We sang a lot of songs that are about worshiping him. We sang a lot of songs that would praise him. Why'd you do that? Because uh, Revelation chapter 4, and I'm going to read the whole chapter. I don't normally do this, but I want to set the stage just in case you've never read this. And if you have read this, I want your mind there. Uh, I want you thinking about what's happening. And of course, John gets called up in verse number 1, and so let's go ahead and Get right into the chapter. In verse number 1 in Revelation chapter 4, he says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in the sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Here you have the scene is set in heaven. John gets a, in the Spirit and he gets to see what goes on day by day in heaven. And in heaven you've got, of course, the throne of God with Him seated upon it. You've got four and twenty elders about it, and they're casting their crowns and they're praising Him. And the four beasts, the cherubs that are around the throne are there, and they're, they're there to cry, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And as they sound off, the four and twenty elders start sounding off, and they cast down their crowns, and they go ahead and they worship Him, and they say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. 
Say what happens next. They start over. I don't know if they have to go collect their crown or whatever they do, but they get their crown and they start again. And they sound off again. And the entirety of heaven praises one being. And the statement that the four and twenty elders make was your memory verse, of course, for Sunday school. Thou art worthy, O Lord. Uh, The Lord is the only one worthy of such things. And the reason that He is is because He is the creator of all things. They end that verse with, He's worthy. Why? For Thou hast created all things. Why is He worthy? He's worthy because He made you. (laughs) He's worthy because He was the creator of all of that heaven that He's looking at. All the created angels and all of the beings that are in front of Him, they're all made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made including the angels, including the cherubs, including the seraphims, and you can go ahead and all of them, Lucifer, Satan, created. And every one of them was created for one solitary purpose. For thy pleasure they are and were created. The purpose for mankind, the purpose for every created being on the planet is to give Him pleasure. The one who made it is the one who designed it and the one who designed it to give Him pleasure. Uh, You go out and uh, you go ahead and you, you buy something and it's designed. It's designed to make you happy and do what you wanted it to do, right? Uh, You buy a watch, you want it to tell time. (laughs) You want it to stay, you know, proper and run on the second, and everything's supposed to be right. You don't want to be losing time. You don't want to be gaining time and put it ahead. And You want it to run. You want it to run the way it's designed. God designed mankind to do exactly that. He designed an entire universe to go ahead and please Him. Say, how does He get pleasure? Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive three things, glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy... What brings him pleasure? That we'd give him glory and honor and power. Now, if you have a question of his worthiness, I don't know what rightly I can do much to tell you. As the creator and the sole creator of the universe, he is worthy. That's all the credentials he needs. Uh, whether Whether you think he's the creator or not, that makes no difference. He is the creator, thus he is worthy of all praise and honor and glory and power. He's deserving of everything we could possibly give him. He's deserving of all the greatness and all the accolades, and there is not much you could say that uh, if you were praising him, that wouldn't be true. I don't rightly know what you could say. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Uh, He is a God above all gods. He is it. He's the Almighty. You start looking at the names of who He is and you start looking through and the power and the might and the majesty and the glory and one of His names is just wonderful. He shall be called Wonderful. He's just wonderful. His name is wonderful. So very wonderful. No other can with Him compare. Why? He's the Redeemer, He's my Savior, and He's my King. There's nothing, 
Pastor, Pastor didn't know it was going to be a nice message tonight. This is it. I've had this. I'm excited about this. Say, what's he worthy of? He is worthy of glory and honor and power, and not just from a few. He's worthy of it from everything he created. It's strange to me that a lot of things can give him glory and honor and power, and we don't. And he's done more for us than probably anybody that's ever been. And I can't think of anybody on the planet right now, other than us, that ought to be able to give him the praise that he deserves. To give him the glory and the honor and the power that he deserves. Now here's the question, how do I do that? Uh, you think just for a moment, really, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Really, what, if I do anything, what's that really going to matter? Well, he is mindful of us. That's why it matters. He's mindful of what we do and how we do it and why we do it and all those pieces. He puts it all together. He remembers our thoughts. He goes ahead. He counts the hairs on our head. I think he cares about what we do day in and day out. And if he's the one receiving glory, honor, and power from us or if we're wasting it on something else, including ourselves. And so tonight, I just want to preach on fulfilling our purpose. What's our purpose? To give, him, to, to give Him pleasure. How do we do that? So tonight, we're going to look at that. Fulfilling our purpose. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the night, and thank You. You are a marvelous and a wonderful God, and there is no God like You. Uh, you're esteemed above all gods because You are God, and there is none else. And Father, tonight I am going to do my best to give it justice to the name of Jesus Christ, to a God that is an omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing, an amazing, and a wonderful God. I am looking for you to be able to help me do that because, Father, I really don't know that words could describe the wonder and the majesty of God Almighty. And so, Father, I pray you would help me to say just the right things at just the right time, so that Jesus Christ would be high and lifted up, and that God Almighty would get all the praise in Jesus, our Savior's name. Amen. Amen. He starts off talking, Now art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. So, uh, glory. How does God receive glory? Well, look back at, Revelate, or at uh, Psalm chapter 19. Let's look back at Psalm 19. Revelation chapter 9, or uh, Revelation, I keep going to Revelation, who help us, Psalms, let's go to Psalms chapter 19, Lord help me, my mind back in order, uh, Psalm chapter 19, verse number 1, he says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork, day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out throughout all, through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world in them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven, of the heaven, and his circuit on the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. You say, how does God get glory? He gets glory through his creation. The creation testifies of the glory and the majesty of who God is. To give something glory means to exult with joy. 
to brag about it, to boast that there is a creator. You know, the entire universe goes ahead and says, there's a creator. There's a creator. It's boasting it. It's bragging about, hey, there's a creator. Nobody can do this on accident. (laughs) Nobody can form all these things just on accident. This doesn't happen on accident. Uh, It didn't just come from nothing and then suddenly it was. There was a creator and a designer. And he's manufactured it. So that what? So that he could get glory. And it constantly is praising him. You look up at the stars at night, up here in the country, right? In the city, they don't see stars. They, they don't even know they exist, I don't think. You know, the city, all the lights of the city just drown it out. You get out in the country and you sit down and you start looking up at the stars. Why do we marvel at that? You know, it's natural to look up at the stars and, and marvel. We just look up and we go, man. And Lord says, yeah, it's just the span of my hand. The universe, that's, that's just the span of my hand. That's, that's nothing to me. We marvel at it. And he says, well, you know, the stars, I made the stars also. We marvel, and it's a side note to him. It's just, oh, yeah, I made those two. We look at a universe, and we go, how could God build that? Oh, because he's all-powerful. Because he's God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He goes ahead and he makes sure that there is no speech nor language where the creation's voice is not heard. Do you realize that your own body testifies that there must be a creator? I, you, look at, you look at the complexities of the human body and there is, there's got to be a creator. Nobody does that. Uh, you look at one part of the body and you find out that there must be a creator. I mean, just choose whatever you want. But you want to get some more complicated stuff, just go ahead and take an eyeball and figure out how that thing works with all the cones and the rods and everything. What trial and error happens so you can see the way that you see? What, ha- what happened to mankind to make it so that God made your eye as sensitive as it is, right? You get anything in your eye, that is a mess, right? The, that, that goes crazy. You want it out immediately. How many of you have been working and uh, you got a sliver in your hand, you got a cut on your, you know, you're working 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm bleeding. Okay. Aren't you glad your hands aren't as sensitive as your eyeballs? That was probably an accident, right? Aren't you, aren't you amazed that God has designed you the way that you are? You know, the body does so many things automatically that you and I, we don't think about it. Are you, none of us are like, okay, beat. Pump, pump. Oh, breathe. Oh, exhale. Oh, bump. Now, quick blink before your eyes dry out. None of us do that. Say, who did that? God, when he designed you, he set it up so those are all automatic functions for you. Unless something terrible happens, those are all automatic. That's what's supposed to happen to you. You breathe. You go ahead and blink. Your heart's beating. You're all the, just normal. What did God do? He made you that way. 
I think that's why when the Lord looked out at the, at the uh, crowd there and they're crying Hosanna in the highest and they're trying to give them some praise and some glory and they're, he goes, why don't you tell all of them to be quiet, right, Pharisees? I just tell them. He says, they do that, stones are crying out. Why? Because somebody's going to shout for me here in just a moment. Somebody's going to praise me for who I am. Somebody's going to give me some glory and do it joyfully and go ahead and make sure they know I am God and nobody else is. An entire universe, all day, every day, proclaims that there is a God and a Creator. You cannot get around it. You, you can lie about it, and you can try and walk away from it. You can try to ignore it. You can do all those things, but one day, you know what you're going to do? You're going to end up eyeball to eyeball to the one who created you. It's appointed on a man once to die, and after this, the judgment, you'll stand before a holy God who goes, I made you. I made you. It's amazing. I believe, um, if I'm doing this right, there's 14 minerals within the human body, and there's also 14 minerals in the ground, the dust, which you can't. But that's probably not because the Bible's true or anything. The Creator. He designs it. He lays it out. He maps it all out. Why? So that you and I could get and give Him glory. Look over at Psalm 72. I wasn't going to turn here, but I'm going to do it. giving Him glory. Glory through His creation because it praises Him that there is a Creator. Psalm 72, Give the King thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the King's Son. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The mountains shall bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass, as showers that water the earth. Wait, who's this king that's showing up? And the king's son? Who do you think that's talking about? Isn't that Jesus Christ? Showing up? You read through that whole passage, you know what you'll find? Verse 11, all the kings fall down before him. All nations shall serve him millennial reign look what happens at the end of the chapter verse 17 his name shall endure forever his name shall be continued as long as the sun and men shall bless shall be blessed in him all nations shall call him blessed blessed be the lord god the god of israel who only doeth wondrous things and blessed be his glorious name forever and let the whole earth be filled with his glory amen and amen <laughs> What's going to happen? One day, you look around, you've got a fallen creation, you've got a fallen man, you've got everybody who doesn't want to praise you. You know what's going to happen one day? They're all going to give him glory. They're all going to give him glory. The kings are going to fall down, the nations are going to fall down and worship him, everybody's going to worship him. Why? Because he'll be sitting on a throne in front of them when all of creation has been fixed. And they give him glory. They're going to boast about him. What great things the Lord hath done for us. Sound like a Christian? Shouldn't you exalt the Lord with joy? He not only created you, but then He made you a new creature. 
so that you could sing forth His praises. So that you could give Him glory. For what? For all the great things He's ever done. Doesn't He deserve to be exalted with joy? Brag about Him? Tell Him how great He is? Tell everybody else how great He is. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You ought to brag about Him and boast about Him. There ought to be, you say, how can I give God some pleasure? Boast about Him. You do plenty to boast about yourself. You do enough to make sure everybody knows what you got done today. All right? Why don't you give Him glory? Let everybody know it was Him instead of you. We oftentimes, preachers, we get done preaching. People tell us how great we did. Most people don't come up to tell us how terrible we did, even when we did do terrible. They come up, good preaching, good preaching, good job, preacher. Thank you, needed that, different things. Say, so what do we try to do? Every preacher I know that's worth anything, they try to go praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank Him, don't thank me. You say, why? Because it's not about me. It's not my message. It's His. If I'm preaching the one I'm supposed to preach, that's His message. And even when it's not, he still did something with it. That means that it's him, not me, because I can't make you do anything. I have a hard time making Uriah listen to anything. What am I going to make you do? And God says, I can do something. I can do something. You ought to boast on how great things he does. The creation boasts of him. They tell about how great he is, that there's a God that He's the Creator, that He's the one we're supposed to give pleasure to and honor to, and we're supposed to go ahead and give Him all glory. Turn over to Psalm 66. Not only does He say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory. Next He says, And honor. Now, honor and glory are pretty close. We exult with joy when we give somebody glory. We brag about them. Honor... Honor comes when you highly esteem someone. You let them know. You see, giving them glory means you're telling everybody else about them. You're boasting to everybody else. The creation's not telling God, hey God, you're the creator. God knows he's the creator. He doesn't need them to tell him. He knows that. You know what the world needs? The world needs somebody to tell them that. And so the creation tells you and I are supposed to boast about him. So what? So the world knows that there, that there is a creator. There is a God in heaven. There is somebody who can do exceeding abundantly above anything you ask or think. There is a way to have peace in a world. There is. And then you get to Psalm 66. Uh, you say, how do I give him honor? Psalm 66, verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say unto God, How terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. Selah. So how do I honor Him? You honor Him through worship. You honor Him when you come to worship Him. Whether it's here or at home whether it's on the job or whether it's out of the grocery store, whether you're sitting there in your car driving or whether you're out on a walk in the park. 
So what do you do? You can worship Him. So what do you do? You give Him high esteem. Make a joyful noise unto God. Sing forth the honor of His name. Uh, by the way, uh, there is some praise that happens. There's some worship that happens internal. But notice in verse number 1, make a joyful noise. That's not internal anymore. I believe we can worship Him in spirit and in truth. I believe that. That's, some of that's internal, and you got some things, and you and the Lord, and you're praying, and you're thanking Him, and you're doing things, but uh, you realize that some thankfulness and some worship is supposed to be an outward. It's supposed to be. Naturally, out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaketh. So if he's, if he's doing great things and you're praising him on the inside, don't you know eventually that's coming out of your mouth? Eventually that's supposed to come out. <laughs> and we make a joyful, and we praise him, and we thank him. Boy, oh boy, don't we live in a day and age that's completely unthankful? They're so unthankful for anything. They feel entitled to everything and unthankful even when they get what they don't deserve. You could heap on them anything. And you know what this generation in general does? Well, what about next time? Can't I get more? Well, I know you gave me that back there, but what have you done for me today? Well, why can't I get more? Isn't it all supposed to come free to me? Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. The horse leech hath two daughters, crying, give, give. Just give it to me. Just keep giving. Just keep giving it to me because I'm going to leech off of everything and be unthankful. One of, the, one of the greatest sins, I think, of our day is just straight unthankfulness. And it permeates into churches. It permeates in. And you know what we do? The Lord does great things and we go, I expected that. Of course. Do I expect God to answer my prayers? Well, of course I do. God forbid we be so used to Him doing what great things He does that we don't thank Him for Him. We ought to be thankful. We ought to be the most thankful people on the planet. Say Why? Because we know we're not going to hell for all of eternity. You're saved in here this evening. You have one thing, and if that's the only thing you ever got, you ought to be thankful and praising Him no matter what else happened. So that's easy to say. You're right. <laughs> but it doesn't change the truth of the statement. His statement is, and everything give thanks. One of the sins of our age is unthankful, unholy. Just unthankful. You give them something, they don't care about it. They waste it. <laughs> you ever notice when you get given a lot of stuff, you just waste it? People just, they, they waste it. They didn't do anything for it. They didn't need it. They didn't, so you just gave it to them and they just went, oh, well, that's nice, okay. I'll just leave it out there and let it rot. Why take care of it? Because it didn't cost them anything. Sometimes, if you were honest, I think you'd say sometimes, I don't really remember how great things the Lord did for me. I don't even, I don't even think about just thanking Him today for saving me again. You know, it ought not to get old to thank Him just to save you. Oh, that shouldn't get old. I know we've, we don't think about it all the time, maybe, and we don't, you know. 
you notice you're not thanking him for that, maybe you ought to recognize that. Maybe turn around and start praising him again. Look over at Psalm 95. It's amazing. We do something in particular here, right? We, do, we, do, uh, we come to church, and uh, we have the church service, and we have a certain order of things that we do, and sometimes we mix it up a little bit. But overall, you know, we come in, and what do we do? We sing, we have some prayer, and we have some preaching. Overall, that's, that's you know, in general, that's what we do, right? Verse number one, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Oh, we're singing and then we're thanking Him. Well, that sounds like prayer. And make a joyful noise with him, unto Him with psalms, for the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His, and He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the sheep of His hand. I'm going to stop right there, because then you're going to get into the rest of the chapter. You know, he's looking, at, and we're going, what do we do? Uh, well, if you're going to go worship Him, you know what you ought to have? You ought to have some singing. You ought to have some thankfulness, and asking in prayer, and meeting with Him, and then falling down in worship. You say, what's that last part? Uh, the praise and worship teams have it wrong. A little worship in the Word. No, no. Say, so why are they bowing down? Isn't bowing down yielding to something? What are you yielding to? The Word of God that was preached. The opening of a Bible brings about worship. Say, why? Because it's, see, you got to do all the praising, right? You were giving Him, you were giving him some glory and some honor. We were singing, we were praising His name. His name is wonderful. So very Holy, holy, holy. Okay, we pray, we thank Him for His goodness and for, his, for letting us come and letting us meet. And here we are, and then what? We open a Bible. To do what? To listen to Him. To listen to what He has to say so that then we can come and worship. Lord, you're right and I'm wrong. I have esteemed the words of His mouth more than my necessary food. I'll esteem what He had to say and I'll get down low. We do, you know, altar calls, and you all are familiar with it. So why do, we, why do we come down there? Why do we do that? To show the Lord will bow down before Him. You aren't coming because I said something amazing. You're coming because He spoke to you. Any preacher that gets up here and goes, boy, there were three or four at the altar, but there should have been 12. He, he missed it. He's missed some things. Whether there's zero or there's 150, <laughs> shouldn't make any difference to him if he preached what he was supposed to preach. It's not my job to make it. It's your job to worship. It's your job whether or not you're going to give him that honor and say, Lord, I'll submit to what you told me to do. And sometimes that worship has just come down and go, Lord, thank you. You kept me out of some things and I never even knew it. He preached on that and he said that. And you know what I got out of it? I got that praise the Lord. I never accidentally went that way. <laughs> I didn't know about it, but I didn't accidentally go that way. And 
Thank you, Lord, for just keeping me safe when I'm just, I was so ignorant. And just come down and go, thank you, Lord, for being good to me. So is that, that's just worship. Just a little worship. I'm going to move along. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you would. God gets glory through His creation. He gets glory through our worship. I spent a lot more time on worship, in case you're wondering. Worship, by the way, is all about Him and not about me. When you come to Him, it's all about Him and what He's done and what He's told you and what He's been able to It's all about Him. Worship is a great place where you find that if you aren't the one who's humbled and down, bowing before Him, you aren't worshiping anything. John made a great statement in worship. You know what he said? He must increase, but I must decrease. That's a statement of worship. He's great. I need to esteem him even more so that I can keep getting lower. Because the higher he is, the lower I'll be. You get thinking, let me say this before I get there. Just one more thing. We get singing, holy, holy, holy. And you get, lo, the eyes of sinful man thy glories may not see. Only thou art holy. And you start pushing him up. You know what that verse did? That verse just took you and shoved you right face down in the dirt. Ground you down there just a little bit and then went, and only thou art holy. And you just shoved him as high as you could make him. Say, what's that doing? Just giving him some worship. I am worthless and I don't deserve even to look at you. And you're all holy and you're you're so far different from me. We aren't we aren't even close to being parallel. Second Corinthians chapter four, he finally ends with Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Now you think, what power am I going to give him? Doesn't he have all power? He's the Almighty. Uh, his statement to us is, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Uh, you, all power is his. Well, how am I supposed to give him power? He's got all the power. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 6. He says this, for... God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of, may be of God and not of us. Say, so how do we give Him power? We give Him power by serving Him. What does that mean? That means I allow Him to give me power so that I can give him power back. You realize you wouldn't have anything to worship him about if he didn't show up and give you something to worship about? <laughs> you wouldn't have breath if he doesn't give you breath. That everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Okay, what if he takes your breath away? Well, then how do you praise him? You don't, you die. Had <laughs> nothing to say. How do I give him power? By letting him use you. 
letting him have your life. Look over to Ephesians chapter 3. Power is ultimately defined as force, strength, and energy. That's power. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that he might, uh, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. You know what he just told you? He just told you that he wants you to have all of his might and be filled with the fullness of God. You know what God wants you to have? He wants you to be filled with the Spirit so that He can give you all of His power so that you can execute whatever it is He asked of you. Say, well, why don't I have that all the time? Because you're too busy doing all your stuff instead of His stuff. It, it, it's my stuff that gets in the way of me being able to have all of his might and all of his strength and give him power. Offering him back the power that he wants to give to me. He gives us that power to do what? To make it so that we can give it right back. Isn't it funny, right? We make a paycheck, work a job, we get done, get done working, and the Lord says, okay, I just want to tithe. Well, who gave you all the money in your paycheck? And the Lord provide all that? He provided you with a job, right? The children of Israel, when they get a lot of goods and all the things and they get all the money piled up and they have, all, and they have no need of anything, they decide they don't even need God. And he has, to, he has to go ahead and make them realize, hey, you get all that supplied from me. You don't get that supplied from, from you and your hand and your work. You get it from me. Why? That the power might be of God and not of us. It's His strength and His might. Say, how do I give Him power? By serving Him. So that He can fill you with His power and His strength and His might, and then go ahead, and you go ahead and do what He asked you to do. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. But it's not your power He's looking for. He wants to be able to fill you with His power so that you can utilize His power to give it back to Him. Look over at Colossians chapter 1 and I will be done. Colossians chapter 1. If you have a question about the worthiness of who God is, I don't know what to tell you. He's God. And if He doesn't deserve your worship and your praise and your adoration and all the if He doesn't deserve it, I don't know who does. Because there's nobody else that compares to Him. 
There, there's nobody else that you should worship. There's nobody else that you should go ahead and praise. There's nobody else that you should go ahead and, and give all of your strength to. He says in Colossians chapter 1, look at this, verse number 7. He says, as, excuse me, as ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You know what God wants? He wants you to know his will. Isn't that what he just said? That you might know his will? Be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding? Well, how do I get there? That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Oh, you're supposed to please him. Now what we're talking about? Fulfilling our purpose is to please him. Well, how do we do that? Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with a joyfulness. What happens when you get strengthened with all might? Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father. Oh, maybe a little worship will start happening. Which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. All the creation is going to give him glory. And that isn't that it right there? Verse 17, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Say, so what's going to give him glory? and honor, and power. That in all things he might have the preeminence. If he's preeminent, you know what you'll do? You'll go ahead and give him glory. As the God of creation, as the one who has done all these things to make it. You'll brag about him and boast about his goodness and his greatness, and the things that he does. And you'll give him glory. When he has preeminence, you know what you'll do? You'll be thankful and worship. And you'll honor Him through your worship and esteem Him and praise Him right here in this room as well as in your hearts and as well as that lip, the lips and go ahead and in your private area and out in public. and every, You know what you'll do? You'll talk to Him and praise Him. Thank you, Lord, for your greatness to me. Thank you for the greatness that you are and what you've done already. God, you're good to me. I don't deserve this and I don't deserve that. And I don't, you're good to me. And Father, that didn't work out the way I wanted to, but I know you've got it all under control. That's worship. Lord, I know that's not going the direction I told you I wanted it to go, but God, 
uh, I'd still, I praise you because I know you've got it. You're still God. That hasn't changed yet. You're still God. So you know what you're worthy of? You're worthy of honor. And so I'll worship you even though I don't agree. You know, if he's preeminent, you know what, he, you know what he'll have? He'll have you being in submission to go, hey, I'll go wherever he told me to go and say whatever he wanted me to say and do whatever he wants me to do. So how do we fulfill our purpose? Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Let's go ahead and stand and sing. We're going to sing number 11. Maybe the Lord's dealing with you tonight. This is not a normal invitation hymn. I chose it on purpose, all right? It's not a normal invitation. Many times we, we get real lax on doing what the Lord asked of us. And tonight, once again, you have a moment to come and worship. Maybe the Lord said something to you. I don't know. Maybe you're thinking about it and go, Lord, I haven't been giving you glory over here. Or I haven't honored you here. Or I haven't praised you. I haven't done everything the way you wanted me to do. Okay. Or maybe tonight you just need to praise him a little. And just sing out tonight and remember, the Lord's been good to me. So let's go ahead and sing number 11. Oh, worship the King. Let's worship him a little bit tonight.